BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Thought you might enjoy this. This is some commentary from the various alphabet networks and mainstream uh, newsers over the last several months. What do you mean by semi-fascism, sir? In December, you will... You know what I mean. And we have to start calling his supporters supporters racist as well. That MAGA uh, had that MAGA symbol has come to represent something. It is the new Nazi symbol. It is the new uh, hood. This is not a party, right? They're Sinn Fein to the IRA. They're they're the PLO to Hamas. They're a dime store front for a terrorist movement. The Republican Party is basically a domestic terrorist cell at this point. And they should be treated as such. There are elements of the GOP that are starting to look like the jihadists. Not a political party. They're a white nationalist movement. They're a fascist threat to our nation. That's not hyperbolic. That's academic. Would have once seemed hyperbolic, but it increasingly does feel like the Republican Party has become a death cult. And it's all about Donald Trump. There is no alternative right now because the Republican Party project today is a fascist authoritarian project. Fact is, Republicans in Congress are still in the grip of the ultra MAGA agenda. Party of dupes, uh, party of knuckleheads, party of weirdos, party of freaks. So that, that, that is a simple, simple message. And on, underneath that, it's the party of nothing. It has become an authoritarian embracing cult. Uh, it is fascist. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with their allies in the Congress of the United States. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. I used to kind of enjoy that sort of stuff. I, I can't anymore because it is going to lead bad places. This whole the other side is uh, full of Nazis thing. <laughs> and and you can justify anything because that's how bad they are. It's not going to lead us good places. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, and it's affected so many different branches, especially of academia, which has gone way off the deep end. thought this was so interesting from the Wall Street Journal. They're talking about James Sweet, who's uh, an important historian. He is the uh, president of the American Historical Association. And he uh, wrote a piece, an editorial, that warned the, that academic history has become so presentist that it's losing touch with its subject. He observed that the allure of political relevance is drawing students away from actually studying history and toward contemporary social justice issues such as race, gender, sexuality, nationalism, and capitalism. And, and don't misinterpret that. If he was saying, look, people don't want to study history anymore. They want to get into modern politics. That's fine. I mean, you study whatever you want. What he's stay, saying is people claim to be historians, but they become activists. And as he point, uh, as he puts it, when historians become activists, the past becomes, quote, an evidentiary grab bag to articulate their political positions. The past becomes an evidentiary grab bag. That's a good one. Right. And he knows his audience. So in this piece, he like blasted Clarence Thomas for a guns right decision. He said he cherry picked historical data. He criticized Justice Samuel Alito. But then Mr. Sweet pointed out that Nicole Hannah Jones's 1619 project isn't accurate history. And that bad history, however good it makes us feel, yields bad politics. Quote, if history is only those stories from the past that confirm current political positions, all manner of political hacks can claim historical expertise. Tried to be very even-handed, bent over backward, which pleased his critics on the left. No, of course, they hate him for it. They ripped him. They tore him to pieces, accusing him of a sexism, racism, gratuitous maleness, and excessive whiteness. Gratuitous maleness and excessive whiteness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, accused him of logical incoherence, which is academic speak for idiot. Oh, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, I'm, I could get into some more of the uh, uh, specifics. Uh, you're writing MAGA history. Many called any questioning of the 1619 Project racist. David Austin Walsh of the University of Virginia advised historians to support the project regardless of whether they thought it would good hi- be good history because criticism would be weaponized by the right. Well, but... What we played to start this segment justifies this, unfortunately. If you're going to have the uh, 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 some of our most powerful leaders, you're Nancy Pelosi in there and others, you know, some of our most powerful opinion makers, if they're going to claim the other side is full of Nazis here to ruin your life and oppress you, well, then you probably could justify shading history or not wanting to point out flaws on your side. That's right. the trouble with the whole the other side's evil thing. You can justify anything if the other side's evil. Have you been a good little Nazi? So this guy's message was, let's be good historians. Let's study the past and bring accurate descriptions of it to people. He got murdered for it. 
Mr. Sweet, writes the Wall Street Journal, responded with the bravery that defines the modern academic. He apologized on the American History Association's website for the, quote, harm to colleagues, the discipline in the association, and that his ham-fisted attempt at provocation had caused, especially to his black colleagues and friends, uh, harm, etc., and he begged he be allowed to redeem himself. And then the Wall Street yeah, Journal. Yeah, I was so disappointed that that's what oh, happened because yeah. I've been following this for several weeks, and I was really liking some of the stuff he had been writing about how we've fallen under the sway of presentism and running all of history through our current lens, and you know that's why Shakespeare can't be in colleges and stuff like that, and how wrong it is. We just need to, you know, look at what happened, report on what happened. We don't need to uh, eliminate it from college courses or water it down or whatever because it doesn't fit with our current. But then right. he ends up doing this this weird apology, groveling apology. Oh, please, I've, I'm, I've sinned so horribly. I hope you will ever forgive me. I will work the rest of my life to redeem myself. Just, ah, quit. Final note, the great thinker Cicero once wrote, To be ignorant of what occurred before you were born is to remain always a child. For what is the worth of a human life if it is not woven into the life of her ancestors by the record of history? Even Ms. Hannah Jones would agree with that, but the AHA's activist wing, however, disagrees. As you pointed out, you tried to pursue an advanced degree in history. You can't get history classes. It's the history of the oppression of, uh, you know, transgender people or, you know, it's all activist history. Yeah, it's it's weird. And it's happened without a lot of people noticing it. Has the big counteroffensive by the Ukrainians started? And if so, what's it going to look like? We're going to talk to Jeff McCausland. If you don't know him, stay tuned. It's good stuff. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The UN inspection is set to start tomorrow, but it comes amid an intense battle to liberate occupied Kherson further south. Emboldened by the steady supply of Western military aid, Ukraine is holding nothing back. Artillery. They're hitting us with everything they've got. Tanks, aviation, artillery, shouts this Russian soldier. The much-talked-up counter-offensive has intensified. Yes, the counteroffensive, it seems, has begun. President Zelensky said a couple hours ago, if the Russians want to survive, it's time for them to run away and go home. He's been wow. saying a lot of strong things the last couple of days, the last couple of weeks, but uh, especially the last couple of days about how we're not looking for peace at this point. We're looking for victory. Let's talk about the present and perhaps the future of the conflict in Ukraine with Dr. Jeff McCausland, CBS News military consultant, founder and CEO of Diamond Six Leadership and Strategy, LLC, and a senior fellow at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the Naval Academy. Uh, Mr. McCausland, Dr. McCausland, how are you, sir? Doing very well, guys. Hope you are as well. You think the Russians should be running for their lives yet? Around here, so they should be. Now, whether or not that's going to translate into an overall counteroffensive that pushes them out of a lot of the occupied areas... I think that remains to be seen. The Russians still have significant amounts of combat power, probably still outnumber clearly on the battlefield the Ukrainians in terms of manpower, artillery, and tanks. There's no doubt about it. This uh, offensive around Kherson is shaping up. 
Uh, but what the extent of it, whether it's going to be a limited offensive to retake that city, not unimportant and would be politically very important to the Ukrainians, or this part of an overall effort that we now see uh, the Russians being pushed back significantly into Crimea or even out of Crimea, I think that's a much broader question. I was just going to ask, though, some of us who are rooting for Ukraine would love to see some sort of sweeping across uh, Kherson of uh, massive forces like it's a Lord of the Rings battle or something like that. That's just not going to happen. What would progress look like? What would victory look like over the next several months for the Ukrainians? I think what victory would look like for the Ukrainians is, first of all, holding the line where it's at right now. It really has basically stagnated since the Russians began a, a secondary offensive in July. Since July, for example, consider this. The Russians have gained the territory roughly the size of Andorra, if you know where Andorra is at, which is about 175 square miles in their much-touted offensive. Since their high point, which was back around the 21st of March, however, the Russians have lost territory equal to the size of Denmark. So the Ukraine's ability to maintain that particular line, particularly in the east, prevent them from taking Donetsk province and the entirety of the Donbass. In the south, some progress whereby they would take back a major city like Kherson, a city at one time of about 300,000 people, would be a big political boost domestically to the Ukrainians. They were now back on the offensive. They got the Russians reacting to them instead of the other way around. And would also, I think, uh, hearten support in Europe uh, by many Europeans who are looking towards a very, very cold winter with the prospects of cut in energy supplies coming out of Russia. Yeah, what does the onset of winter do to this whole war? I think it puts it into a frozen conflict because the land area around there, beginning about the middle of October, particularly in the southeast and south, you start getting heavy rains, all the fields turn into mud, and it's going to be very, very hard to conduct massive you know, armor-heavy offensives at that particular period of time. Then you settle into winter, which can be pretty severe, particularly in eastern Ukraine, uh, and so we might settle into something that looks like World War One, which is a lot of what we've seen so far. This now having become an artillery war, which at the high point, for example, we have seen the Russians expend up to 60,000 artillery rounds in a single day. Yeah, it was interesting to me as a, a guy who's a, a history nut, military history nut, uh, listening to the strategy and how the Ukrainians need to get to, to the other side of the river to have the certain ground before winter, and I thought, man, you could be describing battles from 100 years ago or 500 years ago, couldn't you? The strategy just never changes. That's exactly right, and I think in many ways, the counteroffensive around here is so, and I would actually call a shaping operation. What they're basically trying to do is cut off the Russians from their resupply on the other side of the river by destroying bridges, largely using the HIMARS and other long-range artillery fire, and basically confronting the occupants of Kherson, the Russian occupants of Kherson, the prospects of either being surrounded and cut off from resupply and then fighting it out door-to-door, building-to-building, or withdrawing back across the river and ceding Kherson back to the Ukrainians. Not unlike, frankly, what the Ukrainians did in the, in the uh, Luhansk province, where, where there was a city in which they were on, in this case, the eastern side of a river, they were cut off, and they withdrew their forces rather than fight it out door-to-door and, and, and therefore sustain enormous casualties. We're talking with Dr. Jeff McCausland, CBS News military consultant. Jeff, how concerned are you about the uh, violence going on around that massive nuclear power plant in Ukraine? Very concerned, to say the least. I mean, this this is the largest nuclear power plant in Europe at this particular time, uh, and the prospects that we could have a nuclear meltdown at that particular plant is not, not saying the realm of the possible, and even the experts in the IEA have been warning that. 
We've had the G7 industrial powers just the other day demand unimpeded access for U.N. Uh, inspectors, which are supposed to come in as early as tomorrow or the next day, to check and see if, in fact, this, this plan is secure, if, in fact, it's operational, if, in fact, those maintaining it are still able to do so and, and ensure that the fighting around it has not damaged that particular facility. But when you start passing out iodine tablets to thousands of people who live around a particular place, you know the level of potential problem that you're dealing with, and that's what's going on right now. Man, I was just reading from uh, Zelensky's speech last night that he gave to his people about how we're going to take Crimea, Crimea back. This will happen. This is ours. Just as our society understands it, I want the occupiers to understand it, too. There will be no place for them on Ukrainian land. I mean, he's given some pretty Churchillian speeches the last 48, 72 hours. This must... Does Is he just trying to rally people? Do you think it's this big of a counteroffensive? Is there more than meets the eye? What do you think? Well, I think, again, it remains to be seen. I'm a little bit skeptical that we're going to see a massive offensive and the Russians reeling all the way back to Russia. That would be nice, but I just think that the force ratios are not there. I, even any kind of a limited success, taking Kherson, uh, certainly would be a major success because absent Kherson, the Russians the possibility of advancing westward, westward towards Mykolaiv or their real prize, which is Odessa, the major port of Ukraine in the Black Sea, is, is not even possible any longer. And secondly, control of Kherson means you control the fresh water supplies going into Crimea, makes the Russian situation in Crimea much more difficult. And I think this would boost domestic support for the war, which is still pretty high. But the other thing I think what he's doing is really demonstrating what I would call a real leadership aspect, and that is, you know, the uh, optimism, Colin Powell used to say, is a force multiplier. Optimism is a force multiplier, and your team is not going to be any more optimistic. I don't care if you're talking about a sports team or a country or whatever. They're not going to be any more optimistic about how things are going than you are. So I think his efforts to rally his particular country in the face of this invasion by the Russian Federation has been extraordinary and has been one of the major reasons why the Ukrainians have been successful so far. Jeff, we barely have a minute left, but in in that time, if you were advising Vladimir Putin, how would you describe to him the situation he's in? Well, I'd say you're, you're you're in a tough spot, my friend. First of all, you got to remember to keep the first thing the first thing, and you, and you violated that principle by at the onset of this conflict, your country's economy was stagnant. You had a demographic curve in which your population is actually shrinking, and so you decide the best thing to do is start a war that's going to cost you a billion dollars a day and is getting you nowhere. So you've already violated that principle. You made a couple of assumptions that were wrong. One, that the Ukrainians would quit easily. They haven't done that. Second of all, that NATO would not get us act together. Oh, by the way, they did, provided massive military assistance and even expanded the size of NATO, bringing in two countries, Sweden and Finland. So the best thing I think you can do right now, my friend, is try to put lipstick on this pig and try to find something that you would declare success, perhaps the occupation of Luhansk province, part of Donetsk. I would say, let's announce, let's go to a ceasefire and negotiation, try to get this to be a frozen conflict so we can kind of get our act together uh, as we head into the future. Dr. Jeff McCausland, CBS News military consultant. Jeff, always a pleasure. So enlightening. Thanks a million. That was a good question and a fun answer. You're in trouble, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Love, Jeff. So good. If you miss an hour of the podcast, it's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The studio behind an upcoming Apple TV Plus show starring Natalie Portman says one of its crew members was forced to flee a set in Baltimore after reportedly being confronted by two men, one of whom reportedly brandished a gun. Producers of Lady in the Lake are promising increased security measures. According to a local news outlet reports, police say producers refused to pay a $50,000 demand or blackmail from drug dealers there who have threatened to shoot someone and urged workers to clear the set. Uh, nice. It's a rough day at work. Yeah. Chris Rock has been asked to host the Oscars in breaking celebrity news, which is a pretty good move to try to drum up any interest for that show that has been slowly dying. And he also said that he's been asked to be in a Super Bowl commercial, which would have been hilarious if you didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in the modern world, that's not the way it works. You find out about it ahead of time because that's what we do. Sure. When was the Oscar? When is that? Is that March? I haven't got the slightest idea, and I don't care, and I'm not going to look it up. Yeah. It's a freaking Oscars. Yeah. Who cares? Give each other all the awards you want, you bunch of putzes. More slappings. Uh, mentioned yesterday I had a, uh, a, a, a pumpkin spice spotting, and I thought it was the first of the season. thought, holy cow, it's still August. We got a ton of texts about this. 
Costco, particularly two weeks ago, somebody uh, texted a picture of a, a snowman that lights up. You can buy at Costco. A snowman for Christmas in August. Uh, they already have Halloween candy and costumes out at Walmart two and a half months ahead of time. Here's somebody else at the Costco at Carmel Mountain, San Diego, yesterday, where they have Christmas stuff in full. So, again, that's just what we do. You find out about the Super Bowl commercials ahead of time. You you you, you see the Christmas stuff and freaking in freaking the middle of the summer. <laughs> just just what the, what the modern world is. Michael, you got a little uh, theme music for me? Because it occurs to me what I'm going to be talking about also could fit into <clears throat> Armstrong and Getty. Look at the modern. No, that's not good. It's good. We got to to. It's something about the modern world or something. I don't know. You got anything? <laughs> this modern world. This modern world. Exactly. Sounds like a feature at you might get in 1961. Long hair, rock and roll music. Anyway, read this with, interesting, with interest. The title of this article is uh, What It's Like to Date in the Metaverse which goes along with a piece called Phantom Touch and the Real Pleasures of Virtual Dating, which have to do with all sorts of icky stuff that I won't be discussing, but it's uh, by a gal. She writes, On our first date, CC and I met on a floating platform suspended in the middle of a distant galaxy. That's a great first date. I'd say. As with much space travel, we experience... Oh, did I ever tell you? I, I hope I'm not revealing too much. My daughter and her boyfriend, not the daughter who's getting married, but my other daughter, um, she was friends with her boyfriend before they were romantically involved, Hmm. and he used to take her places to scout out first date locations. And they'd have such a good time, they both started to think, you know, this is kind of funny. (laughs) And sure enough, they're a great couple. So was he legit just interested in her friends in the beginning, or just said he was? Because 99% of the time, the guy is interested. Long before the female is. I cannot definitively answer that question. Uh, I have a good enough relationship with him. I may ask him someday. I mean, that's the entire premise of When Harry Met Sally, right? The guy is always working it. Well, and if he were to say... always says, oh, no, we're just friends. I have a lot of guy friends. Yeah, you have a bunch of guys trying to date you is what you have. (laughs) Right, right. Um, uh, uh, Yeah, and and if he says, yeah, actually, that that was my angle, I'd say well played. Well Well played. played. Yeah, and welcome to just the way it's always worked, probably. Yeah. But that's a pretty pretty good one right there, scouting out first date locations. But uh, how about a first date on a floating platform suspended in the middle of a distant galaxy? As with much space travel, we experienced a few technical difficulties. Uh, CC was supposed to be a rabbit, but they looked to me like a small animated girl in a hoodie with large cat ears and a tail. My voice was on a delay that disrupted the natural flow of conversation, and for several minutes my body, that of a lanky blonde woman in a cropped puffer jacket and leggings, crawled around in a half squat, like a terrier looking for the right spot to relieve themselves. Relieve themselves. I'm sorry, I heard my voice say a couple seconds after I had actually apologized. I don't know why this is happening. Don't apologize, CC said after the delay. They had seen much weirder things before, they assured me. Such was the nature of interacting in virtual reality. Which apparently now is a big thing. 
I had matched with CC a week earlier on NeverMet, one of a growing number of virtual reality dating services that allow users to match with other VR enthusiasts, then arrange a meetup somewhere in the metaverse. There's also Flirtual, which promises safe, magical dates in VR. Flirtual. There's Second Life's Lonely Hearts Dating Agency, even Match Group, the company behind apps like Match, OkCupid, Tinder, and Hinge, announced in November of last year that it would be launching Singletown, a virtual space where singles can meet and organize pixelated rendezvous. Wow, this modern world. Baru! Uh, all it takes to go on a VR date is a fully charged headset and an open heart. And you and your companion could enjoy a <laughs> never-ending su- beach sunset. A fully charged headset and an open heart. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, I can't decide if this writer is fully aware of the ironies that, that run deep through this article. So it, sound, can, it sounds like another step toward risk-free relationships and, and, you know, not having to dip your toe completely into the pond. And human contact with absolutely no messy human contact. Right, exactly. Right, which will end up with uh, horrors unforeseen, except uh, in the minds of the greatest uh, sci-fi writers, I guess. Uh, so anyway, you could enjoy a never-ending beach sunset. In VR chat, Serenity Cove, or roam around a post-apocalyptic landscape and race against fate. You could play freeze tag in a world with magical moving walls or flirt in an underwater lair surrounded by gigantic alien jellyfish. You could also just meet up at a bar, which is a really popular VR date option, I'm told, she writes. Um, the idea of it's just like dating, except like without being with any humans, and it's way better. Because you're surrounded by alien jellyfish. Sounds like a recipe for somebody dying of loneliness, loneliness and never quite understanding why. Oh, boy. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not kidding. I realize right? that's, no. that's, uh, yeah. no, it's I depressing, I but get I'm it. serious. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, um, you're relationship adjacent. But I think that's going to stop from getting all the, the good stuff. It's like dating apps, Jack, except instead of a, a pick of you at your friend's meta- wedding when you're all dolled up, it shows your metaverse avatar. Looks still do come into play, of course. Lots of users want to connect with someone whose avatar is a doe-eyed woman in micro-jorts. Or perhaps a hyper-masculine beefcake with mandibles that splay out and away from his mouth like bat wings. What? Micro-jorts? <laughs> Those are called underpants. Yeah, God, you know, dang it! I so know. you're so you're not seeing each other. You're seeing um, a fantasy fantasy versions of each other dating in a fantasy world. Well, now, what is it? What is going on here? Or we're t- and, I think we're turning Japanese. And as the old song went, yeah, uh, and never actually being with each other until perhaps some weird meeting at an airport in a few months. But you know, at least that's a step in the right direction. Uh, more on this modern world coming up with. <laughs> But first, this is an aspect of the modern world that we're actually fans of. Uh, Our good friends at HelloFresh. Judy and I had a HelloFresh dinner last night. We will have one again today. Uh, We harassed HelloFresh, telling them, we want to tell our audience about you. We're huge fans. They deliver meals 
that you cook up fresh, but everything's pre-measured and pre-chopped up or whatever. I mean, you have to chop up like the vegetables and stuff like that, but it's so easy. And every night that you use HelloFresh, you have a delicious variety of, of meals. Is it Hello Fresh or Hello Fresh? It's up to you, my friend. Customize okay. it to yourself. You know, as a single parent with kids trying to figure out friggin' meals with the school year up and running and everything like that, this is pretty cool, pretty handy. And HelloFresh is not only cheaper than the grocery store, it's also 25% cheaper than getting takeout. Cool. Yeah, and they even have family-friendly DIY baking kits so you can make dessert with the whole family. When my mom passed, we got HelloFresh from my dad. It's worked out beautifully mm. from a pop. Good one. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong16 to save big money. You can get, what's the deal exactly? 16 free meals across seven boxes. Wow! That's code Armstrong16 at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong16. Again, HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong16. It's really good. You're going to love it. The President of the United States, who has filed paperwork to run for re-election, is giving a primetime speech tomorrow night. The theme of it? made me throw up in my mouth. We'll have that for you coming up. Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places 
Jason and Getty Show. Jane met her scammer on her phone on the dating app Hinge. It started innocently enough. So we quickly moved from the app to daily text messaging, daily phone calls. But then things got serious fast. I want to help you because I love you because we're going to build a life together. Her scammer, whom she never met in person, sent her to a fake crypto trading account where they would start building their nest egg. There she started sinking her money in almost yeah. everything. By the time she figured out it was a scam, the losses were staggering. Close to 400,000. I didn't protect myself. She said what? I didn't protect myself. But uh, how, much, how much money did 400K. She... How do you have $400,000 with uh, that judgment? That's what I don't get. Uh, I've seen this sort of thing unfold. There are people, I mean, everybody can relate, relate to when you're in love, you stop thinking clearly. Some people lose mm. that ability completely. Mm. Gotcha. I mean, even to the point of, hey, why don't you put all of your life savings in this account? Now, 90% of us would think, whoa, 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 I'm in love, but wait a minute. There's yeah. a significant percentage that just don't have that uh, muscle. Ouch. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I would like to talk about the president and the presidency a lot less than America does. And then we do, frankly. I bring it up half the time. Yeah, um, this time, for instance. This time, for instance. Am I wrong, folks? I'm not wrong. But I'm just mentioning it, that the president of the United States is going to give a prime time address Thursday night. Watch me. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Nice job, Michael. That's pretty funny. The All presidents rarely give prime time speeches. And I said that the topic of it makes me throw up in my mouth. Oh, boy. Biden to give primetime speech about, quote, the soul of the nation. If you just hadn't called half of us fascists, I'd be more open to your thoughts on that, great grandpotus. I'm not that particularly interested in his thoughts on the soul of the nation, regardless. Or or most presidents, really. I just maybe Lincoln, yeah. Washington, a couple others. Yeah. But in general, yeah. I'm not interested in your thoughts on the soul of the nation. How about you? preside over the executive branch and just fulfill your duties. But anyway, the soul of the nation, you know what he did? I'll tell you exactly what he did. He and his people saw that NBC poll where the number one issue was concern about losing our democracy. And he's going to lean into that. He's going to give his speech outside of Independence Hall and talk about losing our democracy and how we're at threat. And, you know, it's going to be 100% one-sided, as if his side doesn't do anything to uh, to uh, to bring down democracy, like uh, encouraging not believing in the Supreme Court or uh, questioning all kinds of elections, whether it was Trump's sure. election or Stacey Abrams or whatever. But it'll only be the, the other evil side that does that sort of thing. S- sensible uh, restrictions on willy-nilly voting being portrayed as Jim Crow on steroids, which is still perhaps the worst thing any president has ever said. So. Well, keep praying for his health or you get uh, this. Clip 73, Michael. You're gonna, you want this? You're going to get this. Today... Um, was a very important day, and while a lot of 
folks might be disappointed that the launch did not actually happen. A lot of good work really happened today. She says nothing ever. Vacuous. Vacuous. She has nothing to say ever about anything. I I mentioned earlier that um, I'm selling my uh, 2015 F-150 because it's got 117,000 miles on it, and I traded it in. Shocked at how much the value was. I don't know if you've followed the whole inflation thing, but it includes used vehicles to a certain degree. It's worth way more money than it ought to be. But anyway, so I traded in, and uh, my son um, got so emotional about it, like really upset, crying Mm. upset about the fact that I was selling the truck that, in his mind, is like the only vehicle we've ever driven in, and we've done so many things in, and ski trips, and grandma and grandpa, and just all kinds of different stuff, picking him up from school, all that stuff. His whole life has always been, in his mind, that, that vehicle. And uh, and I thought, you know, I hadn't even really thought about that before. We got a number of texts about that. One person said, I think the divorce makes the truck especially important. It represents stability, and now that is leaving, too. Well, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> that, that makes me feel <laughs> terrible. I also got this. My middle daughter, who is also 10, has broken out in tears, did break out in tears, when we discussed selling my truck. She gets emotionally attached to things. I, had, I didn't yeah. realize this was a thing, but apparently I- it is. I think, yeah, it's difficult to explain, but I remember that from my own childhood, that the things that surround you, and, and sometimes they're things, like a truck, it's part of the fabric of your world. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's very dislocating to have it removed. I mean, you learn as you get older that, no, the stuff comes and stuff goes, including vehicles. But, yeah, can I picture our, our red station wagon? That hauled us to, to family vacations over and over again, and it was part of my childhood? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not the thing. It's the memories with the thing, obviously. And uh, I got a little emotional myself last night. I was cleaning it out as I take it to the car lot to turn it in and uh, digging stuff out of the back pockets. And there there were matchbox cars in there and various things that reminded me of when they were much, much younger. And thank you, Gladys. Nice job. Second time today. Don't give yourself carpal tunnel. Um. And thinking when they were little kids sitting back there in car seats and playing with their matchbox cars. But then, you know, it's got 120,000 miles on it. <laughs> That's why I told my son. I said, they don't last forever. I said, if it's not now, it's in six months. I mean, there's just, there's no getting around it. So. Yeah, there's a little bit of enjoy things while they last lesson there, I suppose. There you go. Got this one. My kid lost her S when we got a new dryer and they took away, <laughs> took away the old one. <laughs> All right. See, that's just weird. You got a weird kid. <laughs> I don't often, you know, say that out loud, but your kid's weird. (laughs) Dryer. (laughs) That's funny. But that's probably just a pronounced version of that personality. Yeah. Uh, And then this graph, speaking of kids, how do parents feel about kids going back to school? My kids are back to school as of last week. 24% are very happy, 23% somewhat happy. So you got a quarter very happy, a quarter somewhat happy, a quarter... Um, somewhat sad, and then a quarter neither happy nor sad. <laughs> like that crowd. 9% don't know, not applicable. I don't know. Um, 6% very sad. So there you A go. quarter of them just, nah, neither. I don't know. I don't know. I'm you going back to school. Picture it for a second. Does that make you happy or unhappy? I don't know. Neither. I feel like it it makes you somewhat happy, but you you feel guilty about it. I think that's is that right? No, I don't know. They got to go no, to school. You got to get an education. But I don't want to feel happy that my kids are now occupied more of the time. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, you're conflicted. There you go. See, um, that's different than neither. Both is different than neither. You're right. Absolutely right. I'm ambivalent, not apathetic. Labor Day weekend coming up, and that's the official start of uh, getting serious about life. Is it now? That yeah, is. No more messing yeah, around. Yeah, kind of is. Yeah. No more yeah. messing around. I'm wearing hard shoes all the time. Are you really? Taking taking life seriously. Tie. Cinch that tie up good and tight. <laughs> <laughs> my face is beet red. Uh, if you boy. miss an hour of the show, you can always grab it in podcast form. It's called Armstrong and Getty On Demand. You just Google that or search it or something, you'll find them, I guess. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.